Thank you for joining the Black Man Sketch for a special four-part series commemorating Black history and culture hosted by Ujamaa Place CEO, Otis Zanders. Greetings, everyone. My name is Otis Zanders, and I serve as the CEO at Ujamaa Place. Welcome to our commemoration of Black History Month, sponsored by Ujamaa Place. This, this is our first podcast of four that we'll be doing this month to commemorate Black History Month. It's a pleasure now to introduce you to a great friend of mine, supporter, champion, and uh, one of St. Paul's iconic leaders, Miss Mary K. Mori Boyd. Uh, that name goes without a lot of introduction, but it's an honor just to read some of her accomplishments for you currently. Uh, Mary Kay, as she's affectionately known throughout the Twin Cities, is president and CEO of MKB and Associates. This is an education and human services consulting business. Ms. Board has extensive experience in management, leadership, communications, and coalition building. She served in a variety of roles professionally in the St. Paul community. She held several positions in the St. Paul school system, beginning at a teacher's aide, speaking at the ground level, from a teacher's aide, and as she retired in 2001 as the area superintendent. Since retiring from St. Paul Public Schools, uh, Board has served on three interim positions, number one, manager of Ramsey County Child Protection, director of Ramsey County Community Human Services Department, and Family and Children's Service Division, as well as the Dean of Graduate School for Education at Hamlin University. Needless to say, she could not stay idle. She's been busy. Something I did not mention, that she's also was one of the founding board members of Ujama Place. And uh, she uh, was the one that really helped us get grounded and put us in position for growth and sustainability. So she's always uh, endeared to us. She's also has served as an adjunct faculty member for the University of St. Thomas and the University of Minnesota. Ms. Boyd, welcome to a black man sketch. Well, thank you. It is my pleasure to be on this podcast as we begin the commemorating Black History Month. Wow, I tell you, when I think about Carter G. Woodson and his forward thinking into the future, yes. so that as we look at 2021, and we draw upon all that history. And as we look back to prepare for a future, my God, what a moment, what a moment. What a moment. So I'm just so pleased to be, um, to be on this, this, in this conversation with you, Otis. I appreciate that. You know, uh, you know your philanthropy work and your, um, your love for the growth of our community, our beloved community, is quite evident. But no doubt, as we look at your resume and body of work, it's, all, it's a big part of zone education. Talk to us about your thirst and your appetite for learning and how you want to spread that good news uh, to everyone that you get in contact with. You know, I had, um, I, I was blessed uh, to have, my people are from the South. Um, I was the first one who was born in the North. I'm like, my, 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 my dad's side, they came from Mississippi and on my mother's Kentucky. So I had um, the pleasure of being educated early on before I went into any public school. I was educated by my grandmother on my dad's side because my other grandmother was deceased. My, my church community um, and the community were, there was educators all around. And it just reminded me 
And uh, uh, probably you have to excuse my jumping around because, you know, as an elder, that's what we do sometimes. But when I look back on some of the history that Carter G. Woodson wanted to capture, yes. and um, our people, black people, who were artisans, um, they were builders, and, you know, they built the White House, the Capitol, yes. the, the, and the, the inventors, the, um, you know, that is about, so much of it was education. It really did uh, exemplify what education is all about. It's bringing out that which is within. Absolutely. And we have such initiative, and we have so many skills, and we pay attention. Our people have always paid attention to that which was around us, so that if we had to create something for the time, we were able to do that. So yes. to me, you know, education is all about, as I had said for years, if you breathe, you learn. You learn, you breathe. So, and so education is not just about being in a classroom. Yes, absolutely. And it's so great that we've been in Minnesota had educators like yourself to lead the way because, as you know, a lot of the accomplishments that you have mentioned that's been done by African Americans since we landed in this country is not recorded in a lot of the books. And it's important that we go off script sometime and, um, and to make sure that this information is shared with our families and children for generations to come. Let them know whose shoulders that we're standing on. Um, right now, as we go in, into 2021, uh, how do you see education stacking up? And I'm coming from the point that we've always talked about human rights, civil rights. But one thing that we as a people, black people, have left on the table, the value of education. Any thoughts on that topic? I think that we have been um, looked. Upon, we look upon education in the way we, we've been trained to look upon education, which has excluded our skills and our knowledge. And this pandemic and being shut down and shut in, hard as it's been, it's given us an opportunity to draw upon those um, those skills and some natural abilities. Because you have to help your children to navigate not just what the public school is saying you must learn in, a, in terms of a curriculum, but how do you prepare our children to navigate this world as we go into 2021, not knowing exactly what's facing us? We know some of what's facing us. Yes. I mean, there are some folks, there are some folks who have come up out of the earth like worms to show their, their uh, prejudice. And they're, they're just fighting each other and they're, they're trying to deconstruct and we got to, help our children to be knowledgeable, strong, committed together so that when they go down, we go up and we raise up. We raise it up. Yes, absolutely. Mary Kay, one of the um, initiatives that you started since retiring from the school system, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you serve as the president and CEO of uh, MKB Associates. And everybody in, talk to us a little about uh, a little maybe the history of that and some of the current status of that valuable piece of work um well you know i was after i retired i, I mean it was my <laughs> it was my decision to um as i've always tried to think of myself as um a community i work for my community you know i go into different places you know that pay mm -hmm. me but i work for my community yes. and so after i retired i was asked to do several different things and i didn't want to at first so I went in as different interims because it's like spirit told me, you need to go in there where you've been invited and learn as much as you can so you can bring it out to the community. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was after being asked to do 
different things. And, you know, we volunteer. We're always asked to do things for free. So I don't know how it was that I, I must have been urged by friends or something to start my own my own consulting business. And I think Kwame McDonald was one of, I mean, because he was a, a, a mentor of mine since I was 16 years old. And he was, yes. Kwame was always pushing and, and, and you can do this and you can do that. And so I decided that I would start my own um, company mm -hmm. and small business, minority-owned business. And so I've been doing, um, since I'm not, you know, doing the interims, but I'm doing uh, work for um, others and with others um, in the name of my business, yes. which is MKB and Associates. And so sometimes I contract out to um, different organizations or governmental agencies and go in and do some trainings uh, around um, education, what it means, history, because it's always got, it's always a call for, as one, one nurse who was giving me a shot some years ago, she said, why can't we just get over it and forget the past? No, we're not going to forget the past. Yes. You need to be educated about it. Absolutely. And so MKB helps with that education as well. Yes. Yeah, I think it's such a uh, effort to try to try to snuff out or suffocate that learning process. Uh, just quickly on a little political note: uh, during um, um, former President Trump's uh, tenure, uh, he really did attack on diversity training and how to uh, to pivot from the education process, as he called it, some patriotic learning. Uh, I knew that probably sent chills up your body to see that attack on a trying to erase the accomplishments of, um, of black people to, um, as well as to not to embrace diversity. Um, could you tell us what your thinking was back during that time and how that veil has been lifted now that you're working? Oh, back? because he wanted to, he wanted to, um, stop all diversity training, et cetera. Yes. Well, you know, we've always had a way of, 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 if we can't go through, we go around and if we can't go under, we go over, we find a way. Absolutely. To make to make to, you know to make the connections and to um, there's always opportunities, mm -hmm. and we just have to be open to. Uh, I may not call it diversity training. Um, I mean, in some instances, like <laughs> I've joined some book clubs yes. <laughs> where most of the people are white, <laughs> yes. and there I can um, bring in information and education. Don't forget about what about have you read Cast? Have you read read White yes, Fragility? Exactly. Have you read yes. you know? Right, exactly. Um, so there are various ways. That, so you know, one monkey doesn't stop the whole damn show. <laughs> right. So number forty, number forty-five yeah. doesn't put a dent into you know our possibilities. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of promotions. Um, I've got uh, invited to, you'll be presenting that on a panel next Thursday at Humanity Center. Uh, can you give us a little preview of what would be your topic? Well, I'll probably be talking about um, Everybody's In, which is um, a movement. It's research-based. Actually, the research was done by Dr. Patricia Moore Harbor from the Kettering Foundation, and she she um, actually published the research as Community Educators, a Resource for Educating and Developing Our Youth. And so Javani Ford and uh, from NIDCAD, Network for the Development of Children of African Descent, yes. Derek Johnson, who is from um, uh, McAllister College, and the three of us um, founded this movement some years ago called Everybody's In. And it... Um, I mean, we have a team of people. We are not uh, any kind of a hierarchy. I mean, we've got representation from the community, from the uh, Board of Education, from the teachers' unions, from, um, and we are just 
um, which we, we have had events to try to bring it to the fore of looking at education as um, a, a community uh, responsibility. Yes. And community means that even schools are involved because schools are part of the community. So yes. coming up next week, I'll be talking about that. Mm -hmm. And I'll also be talking about a project that we've been just working on with Irreducible Grace Foundation. Yes. Where we had intergenerational conversations. And in those intergenerational conversations, uh, because the young people were asking, it was right after the murder of George Floyd, and they were asking, how did you, how did the older people get through this hurt? Mm -hmm. How did you heal? How? And so we had these conversations, and um, then we put it into um, a book form. And so that's just gonna, it's published, and it's going to be coming out on the 22nd of February. So I'll be talking about that. And, and what that's all about. Everybody's in. Yes. There's a place for everybody. Yes. There's no exclusion. Everybody's yes. an educator. I love that. I love that mandate. As I think it puts it in perspective how, like you said, it's not just the classroom, but we all contribute to that. Everybody's in. I love that. You've been really but sometimes people have to be kind of guided mm -hmm. because children... Young children are just like sponges. They soak up everything. Now, you got to be careful about the way you educate. <laughs> yes. yeah. and, 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 and sometimes you have to be guided as a young adult. You need some guidance on what is appropriate mm -hmm. and the right kind of education so that the young children can move forward in uh, ways that will help, help them with their pride and also to continue to seek education, to, to love learning. See, I... I have to tell you the truth. I hated school from kindergarten. I hated school. But I loved learning. I did not like the way white teachers treated my treated me when I was in school okay. from kindergarten. I didn't like the way the, the kindergarten teacher treated my mother when she brought me to school that day. And I just wanted to make sure that no other black children would have to go through some of those experiences. Yes. So here I was in education for, you know, all my life. But just making that difference. I think it's important that um, this organization, everybody in this, that learning just is not a classroom activity. It extends around the clock, and we all should be conscious of what's taking place in the evenings, in the morning, weekends. And like you're right, kids are very impressionable, and we had to be role models and thinking of that at all time. You know, speaking of role modeling, uh, I mentioned in the introduction that you were one of our founding board members of Ujama Place, and we're celebrating uh, 10 years of existence. And uh, your fingerprints is is indelibly embedded in our rich history. Um, could you maybe just have a comment on what you guys were thinking uh, 10 years ago when sitting down there uh, trying to put together Ujama Place and its mission and its acceptance in the black community? You know, I was so honored to be asked to be a part of that board because I think that um, men, there are spaces that should be for men. Mm -hmm. And um, our African-American men, black men, have been demonized, and especially if they happen to come from a certain neighborhood or it's a certain way they talk or they've had some issues in life. I mean, um, so I just really was pleased that there were a lot of, you know, white people that were founding this organization, but I appreciate that they were also wanting to work with black people to help put it together because it's about black people. 
And the black men, I have been so impressed with the way this is. Um, it's almost like at first, you know, we, we started kind of pushing and forming this organization. And then as the men came in and, and they were beginning to love what they were, what, uh, what it was all about, what it was doing for them. And then they started kind of being part of the, um, the building of it. And then they started leading in some ways. I mean, I see some of them out now that um, they have nothing but praise for Ujama Place because Ujama Place, number one, loves the men yes. that come through those doors, yes. care about them, care about their future and their families, mm -hmm. just not extrapolating them from their families, mm -hmm. but taking into consideration, because we're a communal people. Yes, absolutely. So we don't come alone. So, I'm, I mean, I'm so proud of all that you've done. You, you were the right one. <laughs> you were the right one to lead because you had connections before, that you could bring to Ujamaa Place, and we recognize that everybody on that board had something that they could be they black or 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 white. They had something to offer. So I just am so uh, pleased that it has Ujamaa Place has 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 gained the the um, the foundation and the momentum, and it's got to keep on going. Ten years, really? Yeah. Wow! No, it's amazing to think that. Thank you. Thanks for filling those pieces in the kind words about myself as well, because it was definitely a team, and I've had great, great tutors that you guys really was patient with as I transitioned from state government to nonprofit work, um, and I just appreciate you holding my hand and putting me in this place to uh, to get to know my beloved community better. You know, another thing I just want to say real quickly too, because when I've gone to some of the programs and the graduations, etc., I love that the family, the family is included because. One of the things that, um, and I just heard about a, a woman the other day that was, she had, she gave birth to, uh, I don't know how many children she's had. She was alone. And, and you know, you think about all uh, the people that Obama and Harris and others that have been raised by um, their mothers. Where, where, where are the fathers? Yes. Mm -hmm. You've got some fathers there who want to be parents to yes. their children. Right. And yes. so uh, Ujamaa Place has been part of, helping to put the family back together again yes. so that the the man has a place as father over his children. Absolutely, absolutely. I uh, appreciate you bringing that point on. That, should not, that is something that really um, is a cornerstone of what we're trying to do. As we prepare men, we're hoping that at that time they can be better fathers and take care of their children, unite their families, and thus they'll be in a position to take care of the community. So that is a holy trinity that we go by and, and that's our prayers for every man that comes in our, on our grounds here. Well, you know, we into another another decade and a, a month in already. Uh, any crystal ball thoughts uh, as we go through for for twenty twenty one? Any crystal ball thinking that you may well, have? For our... You know, I keep thinking. I keep thinking. You know, I'm just. I've been so happy. Uh, uh, one of my friends asked me. She said, "Why are you so happy?" I said, "I'm just joyful lately." <laughs> Partly, and part, even though we got a whole lot, that we're, it's going to be a lot of work. That's why we've all got it. nobody can nobody can um, can lay down and pretend like nothing's happening. We've got to work together. But I keep coming back to um, Michelle Obama's. When they go down, we go up. Yes. And yes. when they go low, we go high. And these fools are out there acting crazy with all these different crazy theories, et cetera. 
you know, go on and let them destroy each other and fight among themselves. We've yes. got to c c prepare, continue to walk together, to yes. to march together, and to, we've got to go up. We've got to be together. We've got to, we've be got to reach one, teach one, grab one, hold on to one. And so as we go into 21, 2021, I think this is going to be the year of uh, um, blacks rising. Mm. Yes. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. It's important at this time that we keep our eyes on the prize. Thank you for that. You know, uh, you've been so gracious with your time, and it's been very inspirational, as always. I think um, you have this this figure. You uh, you just light up any room. Uh, I know my men just love seeing you coming around here, but when I see you in any location, in any setting, you had that same effect on people. So uh, you're so much adored and, uh, and, and admired throughout. So I just appreciate you being one of the inspirational leaders for me. As well, we, I can't wait till I can get there and see you all again, oh, too, so. Oh. I it's know. a happy Black History Month. <laughs> happy, I know, that's right. We want to thank you for your time. Uh, you know, and I, I think your your previous comments give us all hope in the midst of chaos while confronting racism, poverty, economics, education, and lack of affordable housing, and all the trauma that's related to that. I think we do see a civil line. We see hope. We see a, a vision of uh, clarity and that we too shall rise. So, um, absolutely. This ain't nothing new to us. No, absolutely not. This ain't nothing new to us. <laughs> so, yes, we, we, we can. And, and we've, some gains have been made. We don't want to fall back. They try to take it away from us. But we can continue to rise, to march forward. But we've got to lock arms. Like when we were singing, We Shall Overcome, when we were going over the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's been so great to talk to you. So, um, well, Mary Kay, it's been just, just, uh, just awesome. We appreciate so much your inspiration, just your figure, and being here with us today. Uh, see you as you, come on, you as you know, our men light up when they see you. That the same impact you have on in any forum that we see you at. We're just so happy and proud of you, and looking forward to seeing you very soon. You talked a lot about inspiration and hope, and this hope is in the midst of chaos while confronting racism, poverty, economics, education, and a lack of affordable housing. And let's not forget trauma. So these things that uh, we know we have to really gird ourselves and be prepared as a people to try to overcome. I want to thank everyone here with us today. Uh, we've been commemorating black history and culture. This is a four-part series featuring community leaders. You can find a black man's sketch everywhere you listen to podcasts or at ujamaplace.org. Like a black man's sketch on Facebook. 